Welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Pete Wright, and I'm here with Megan Strand. Hello. And Dane Christensen. Yes, I'm here. And we are, as always, the Naked Marketers. And uh, uh, Megan, welcome back. Thank you. We missed you last yeah. week. How was I that implosion? Yeah, the implosion happened? of my life. Um, <laughs> that was last week. I'm dealing with the implosion of this week. I uh, I don't remember what happened last week. Oh, I don't, that was, I think, the morning that I woke up at like 7. And, well, I woke up earlier than that, but at 7... I got 19 emails of things that were just on fire that needed to be put out. I think that's what happened. Well, I'm, so. I'm, I'm glad you're back this week. Thank uh, you. Uh, we have lots to talk about. Uh, where where should we uh, where should we begin? Well, let's begin we talk- with something fun. Let's talk oh, okay. about weed maps. Yeah. <laughs> so a fast company had a cute little story about this site called Weed Maps. And the title is Weed Maps launches Groupon for Pot, Stoners Cheer. So essentially, we all know what Groupon is, but Weed Maps is a clearinghouse for medical marijuana information. So um, dispensaries, participating dispensaries can offer discounts to their constituents. So um, just kind of an interesting little uh, little application for making pot securing easier i guess so um yeah but obviously now this is primarily oh wait let's see i was gonna say this is probably california only but no it's not arizona michigan nevada washington colorado yeah wow i'm surprised oregon's not on there actually but well i hear your dispensaries are you don't have many is what i hear is that what happens i don't know you know i I gotta say I'm not all that. Uh, I'm not all that <laughs> tapped into the medical marijuana dispensary. What I have heard is that California is now a joke. Have Meaning? you heard? Have you heard well, this, that it's it's like practically they've converted every everywhere there was a Seven Eleven is now a marijuana no, dispensary. Marijuana dispensary. <laughs> Thank that, you. That, that was happening in Los Angeles about a year ago, but yeah. they've cut way back. They, I, they, I they you'd hear stories that are like stories that are akin to oh don't worry there's a doctor on the street corner writing prescriptions for back pain like yeah. it doesn't take much to get oh my god I stubbed my toe would you like some weed would you like some well, medical uh, marijuana o- Oakland which is kind of the pioneer of the whole thing in California uh, the dispensary is um, I think they still only have two actually and they they're you know they 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 uh, they believe they've got it under control but L A got way out of control last year. Hey, fish got to swim. Dog got to bark. That's right. And then Dane <laughs> came up. You had a fun story too, well, I was Dane. Gonna, yeah, I was going to say before you pick up, uh, you know, your <laughs> your deal of the day. Um, and I say before because they think after you get it, you might lose the motivation, you know, <laughs> to do some necessary things. <laughs> so beforehand, um, well. I, Let's see. Is the state of New York on there? They're not, are they? Man. Anyway, well, this will be handy if you travel a lot. All right. If you're in a if you're in a state like California, you get your weed app. But if you go to New York City, and this is the city of New York, actually just launched uh, a, an app uh, that tells you the the location of places to get free condoms. Which there in the city of New York, there are over one thousand of those locations. So are they like know, 24 you, hour dispensaries? Like what are these places? That's awesome. 24 hours? I don't know. Well, I mean, really, you know, I mean, sleeps and you know, <laughs> for the most part, what good is a free condom at, you know, I love that it's called NYC condom finder. Like only communications people in a city, a government office could come up with something that boring for something as fun <laughs> as this. 
And I, and I like what Mashable said. Despite the potential ridicule you'll receive for having a map on your phone, the initiative does make sense. New York City wants to become the safest city for sex in the world. That's awesome. Wow. I'm going to so New York there. City next week. I'm going to try it. That <laughs> Give that a try. It's a free download. You know? Oh, that's awesome. I, I, I bet you chicken out, but hey. Well, yeah. it's brilliant. Bring back a souvenir for the husband. Now, the app is only available on the iPhone, right? So, Probably. No, and Android. And no. Android. Oh. Yep. Sorry, Windows Phone okay. 7. <laughs> Were you trying to segue there, Pete? <laughs> no, no. I've, I put that one to bed. Did you? Well, a little... <laughs> well I, we'll I let... think when you type in condoms, the one place that won't, uh, into Google, the one place that will not come up might be JCPenney. However... It I don't know. Have like, you tried it? Over the holidays, <laughs> when you typed in so pretty much anything, JCPenney came up as number one. Dane, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, somebody, uh, well, David Siegel, I guess, at the New York Times, um, appears to have noticed this. I, I don't know if somebody had tipped him off or, or quite how this came up, but what he's saying is, um, and, and his introduction to the article is interesting because he's, you know, he's like, well, imagine you're Google. And, you know, you're really trying to customize search results for the user and make it as useful as possible and, and you know, like location specific and maybe sometimes, you know, search history specific. Um, but he lists all of these words that uh, JCPenney um, was coming up number one for dresses, um, bedding, area rugs, skinny jeans, home decor, comforter seats, furniture, <laughs> Um, tablecloths, tons of phrases. And he's like, I mean, you know, uh, you could have had Walmart, let's say, Bed Bath & Beyond, J. Crew, The Gap. I mean, there are lots of possibilities for the number one. Why would it be JCPenney? So uh, they uh, tapped this guy, Doug Pierce, of Blue Fountain Media, who is a kind of a uh, an SEO freelancer in New York. Uh, and he used... Um, you know, some SEO tools to kind of uncover like what what's going on with the JCPenney website. And what he noticed was a massive amount of inbound links to the JCPenney site and many of them from sites totally unrelated to any product JCPenney carries. So now there's a big blow up. Um, you know, JCPenney's claiming, oh, of course we didn't do this. This is... Uh, you know, because, I mean, this is a gray area, really, but, you know, uh, on the whole, Google is is said to uh, to be of the position that if you do this, this is kind of gaming the system, and we may actually purposefully score you lower, um, and, and maybe you get, like, a couple-of-month boost, which this couple-of-month boost they got was right during the holiday shopping season. So yeah, if they get penalized not, for the next couple months, terrible. it's maybe not so bad. Uh, yeah, best time of year to really get that little boost. But uh, but Google has been known to really penalize these kinds of efforts. So JCPenney is officially saying, oh, no, we didn't do this. We didn't do anything like it. We we don't know what happened here. We uh, so, um, you, you know, they're 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 claiming no responsibility for this. They're taking Google is taking a manual action against JCPenney. Wow. They're so they trouble. are well, and you know that raises a good point as uh, marketing professionals. When you hire an SEO consultant, uh, it would behoove you to know what the 
what the tactics are that they are going to be employing because probably at the end of the day, it is a responsibility to make sure that, um, you know, what's happening via their site is on the up and up. Well, and you never really, I, I, I don't know that, well, it, it, let's just say it takes an extra degree of due diligence to really wrap your head around what those third-party vendors are doing on your site. Right. Right. But wouldn't, well, I mean, and just, I mean, would, wouldn't you be able to tell if there were that many links just in your own analytics tools? Or would that be all if outsourced you're to the for same it, person? But if you're looking yeah. for it, but trust me, you know, the PR department for JC Penny or, you know, the CEO or, you know, even the director of marketing is probably not looking at that. They've, they've right. probably got a team of, you know, they're probably, I'm, who knows what they're really outsourcing here, really? Because you know, we know that they have done some things. Uh, um, you know, from a web perspective, they probably got a good internal team, and and they're so. What I'm saying is, there probably are, are at least maybe there's one internal person that might have been checking that, but isn't going to tell anybody that. Hey, this is a this is a problem. We've got know, a lot of inbound links. Terrible news. We've got links everywhere <laughs> pointing to us. Let's stop <laughs> it. See, our traffic seems to be way up, and we're yeah. ranking number one for all these terms. I, I mean, the red flag. Nip that is not right in the bud. Yeah, <laughs> J- red flag's not going to go off for anyone at JCPenney until all of a sudden, you know, this kind of thing happens. So, you know, who knows where else is this is happening at? But it's really the black eyes on Google here, because Google's the one that people read the story and say and, and people say well wow really so if i do a search for betting you know i mean i i kind of want the best I, I don't know maybe someone who does the most volume or someone who's the closest to me or somebody who has the best website or you, you know i don't know I, I want some options that really make sense but i read this story and you know if i'm just sort of the average joe i'm thinking well well, you know, can I actually trust? Because this, by the way, to make it clear, we are not talking about paid ads at all. Right. It has nothing right. to do with Google bidding on these terms, and there's no relationship there anyways. That's not what this is. I mean, these are the organic results, and, and JCPenney beating everybody out for all these terms. And, and then somebody saying like, well, look, it's not like five or ten links. We're talking about thousands. Right. And we're talking about sites that, they don't even really exist anymore. They're they're up, but they have a message like, you know, what you're looking for can't be found here or Oh, you're kidding. You know, we're out of business now or like they've got messages and then buried within the site there are links wow. to companies like JCPenney. Wow. Which that you know, that's the kind of thing that Google probably needs to do a little more snooping out uh, or, you know, the, that element of the story, you know, in addition, I guess to, because it's just kind of, it's kind of difficult to say, well, a massive retailer, you know, JCPenney does 17 billion a year. Is it, is it that ridiculous to think they'd have, you know, thousands of inbound links? No, that's not ridiculous, but you know, you put the pieces together and some of it's just investigative journalism, I guess here you'd think, you know, red flags would come up. Well, you know, when you are a Automatically, retail lo- location, you have to pull out all the tricks, Dane, because otherwise you turn into a Borders, <laughs> and as we know, then you end up bankrupt, which is bad. So, just a quick note that Borders is has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy this week, Such and will be shame, closing right? 200 out of its 642 stores, although it's already closed hundreds of locations over the past few years. So, um, I know it is kind of sad, isn't it? Well, it's it's sad just because, you know... 
I I used to go to Borders a lot in 2002 and Yeah, you probably don't uh, anymore, do you? <laughs> I I still like bookstores. I'm sorry. You know, and even our own Powells in Portland downtown, which is like the best independent bookstore. Sorry, the Strand in New York City, but it is. Um you know, they had laid off. I think I read something a couple of weeks ago. They laid off a bunch of employees as well. It's just it's just wow. sad. It would make me sad to see, you know, all brick and mortar bookstores go by the wayside. But that's kind of the the changing face of publishing these days, apparently. So, well, yeah, well, I you mean, know, I, are you have you guys embraced the ebook thing? Are you reading ebooks? No, no, no. You are. You, you I, but will. I'm not. You. Yeah, will. I'm, I'm. I'm intrigued. I, I don't read paper books anymore. I the first thing I do is is go for especially now that I can you know you can read books on on through the Kindle app on the computer too, um, you know, and they sync with all your devices. You can read it on your iPhone or your Android phone or your iPad. I could not read a book on my iPhone. There's no way unless oh, I had to. No, no. It's, it's quite no, beautiful. Uh, the the screen is so beautiful that it really looks like you're looking at paper. Um, and and so, um, the 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 experience I think is, is there. It's just a matter of, of, you know, getting people over the hump of not holding paper in their hands. Uh, the fact that I can carry around as many books as I do is really the, you know, the convenience factor of it. But, um, you know, it's, it, it makes me read more and that, that's really the bottom line. Like I, I find it's changed my habit, uh, to the fact that I'm buying books now and I wasn't buying books before. Um, and, and I'm reading them. What were you doing before, Peter? Just reading on online, just reading, you know, just reading small snippets of news and articles and blogs and websites and things like that. I just wasn't reading books. Got it. And I wasn't subscribing to magazines. I wasn't doing any of those things. Like I had given up on those those bits of, of my life just because I was busy. And, um, you know, I've, now that ebooks have, have taken such a hold, and, and I'm very excited about the uh, Apple and Google announcements this week. Uh, about the uh, the launch of subscription payment plans. This has been a long time coming, and if you're not sort of, you know, breaking out in a cold sweat following the industry news, uh, what has been missing from the ecosystem in purchasing electronic book or magazine content is being able to subscribe to them. So, you know, up to last week, if I wanted to buy the latest issue of Wired Magazine, I would have to pay three ninety nine and download that, that one-off magazine, and that's expensive. Every time. Every time, right. yeah, yeah. Well, what they announced this week is a subscription plan, where now uh, the technology is in place to allow payment processing in the apps so that I can subscribe to Wired Magazine for a year and be charged annually so I don't have to think about you know going back every single uh you know every single month to get the latest edition it'll just download to me I'll be you know I I'll have already paid my subscription fee and it'll be done um Apple announced their very standard uh 30% take for Apple uh 70% for the publisher Google the next day announced a very similar program although Google only keeping 10% in a move that's likened to an elbow to the kidneys of Apple. We'll see how that plays out. I, you know, I, I think ultimately Apple's, um, you know, I don't think Apple's really terrified of, of what Google is bringing to the table there. They've got a lot of relationships kind of locked up and they certainly have the technology, but 
the fact that I, I don't think that's really the issue at all. To me, it's it's this issue of uh, you know enabling this technology to the point where the next wave of adoption can happen. Now, people when they can subscribe monthly or yearly will start to do so without thinking about it, and and that will change the dynamic again, putting more money into the publishing business that that um, was not there the day before. I mean, uh, people like me. I was not subs- buying books until the ebook system came up, and now I'm buying books. Publishers are getting bits of my, you know, my hard-earned doubloons that they would not have gotten before. <laughs> you know, I, I think that new you're, injection you're is, is important. So, um, well, it's inter- you know, it's an interesting time. Obviously, um, just I don't know. It should be for everyone, I think. Anyway, like these are some pretty massive industries, and they're massive changes. But I got to also say that there are three things I really have always liked to do and probably always always will like to do. And I two like of them you can videos. actually say on the air. <laughs> okay, I'll, you know, good catch there. Um, I like to browse videos at a video store. I like to browse books at a bookstore. And I like to browse magazines, I guess, at a bookstore. And I don't know, man. I, 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 you look at the writing on the wall and everything that you've just said about, um, you know, that, that illuminates just a part of how, you know, we're sort of changing the way that we get this content. Do you guys kind of see like maybe someday uh, a publisher or a movie studio or some collection of them kind of create a store that's not so much for buying as it is for promoting? You know what I mean? Where you can browse like bestsellers or maybe just, you know, go be introduced to... Um, to magazines and in, in sort of that community environment or, or atmosphere, and and maybe uh, maybe you could buy if you wanted to, or it's mostly about. And by the way, you can subscribe on, you know, your iPad. I I don't, I don't, uh, and I don't for. There's got to be something though. There's got to be something that says on a Friday night if I wanted to at some point in my life, ten years from now, I could I could go to a video store. I, I don't think there are going to be video stores though. No, they're already not video stores of note. I mean, you know, they like Powell's, the, those that are of interest are the ones that are really specializing in, in you know, some sort of a niche. Classics that you sure. can't get any, that aren't out of publishing. Those are even going to be, you know, going by the wayside, you know, once eventually they get, you know, repurposed and released digitally. Um, but I, I think the, I think it's a cultural dynamic, a, a cultural change that, that is going to happen 10 years from now. I would lay money down that says you're going to be able to you're going to have something else that you would choose to do on a Friday night because you'll forget you will just forget that browsing a bookstore is something you used to like to do or you'll say you'll say that just sort of longingly gosh remember the days when I used to make phone calls with a phone that was attached to my wall um <laughs> you know that's not a social use, experience though that's not like know. a I'm yeah. saying, well, I'm saying that the market... social experiences virtually. But, yes, you can. Uh, but, <laughs> but that's not the point. The point is... Not, not social experiences that are, you know, where you you can see people and, and be with people and, and have an atmosphere. But that's the, that's the change that is happening. And it's not going to be around bookstores, I don't think. I think what's going to happen is it, it's a race. Uh, I, I think that uh, that our cultural memory will shift faster than our desire to keep bookstores open. I well, think that's it's, what it's, we're seeing. See, this is this is like exciting and 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 sad and terrifying all at the same time, isn't it? 
Yeah, once you get past it, it's like pulling Peter off a Peter doesn't think so. I really don't. I, you know, I'm with you though. I, <laughs> you know, one are of, great. I get a great. You guys have pals. I mean, Salt Lake could be without a bookstore in five years. Yeah, that's sad. That's true. I mean, I, you guys have pals at a lot of other pretty cool little bookshops and things like that. I, I get a know, great deal of joy out of getting a cup of coffee and going to a bookstore and just walking through it. There but, you go. But I don't. And you just ten years from now, you're going to say, "Oh, that was cool," but I, yeah. I really don't care. Yeah, I, I but I could do without it because what I mostly what I'm doing is saying, "Oh, yeah, you know, I could, I could, I can time. reproduce that." I get, I get even, you know, I get the same joy now sitting down with my iPad and flipping through book samples on the Kindle or iBooks. I, I, I get the same kind of joy from it. And, and frankly, I get, you know, I could take my iPad to Starbucks and sit there with my cup of coffee and, and not and, talk to anybody and not make any eye contact and, and not like, <laughs> what not kind of bookstores do you go to, to where you're browsing <laughs> books? And it's, it's I don't do that. Kind of Portlanders show up there. You are, Por- you, who does that? It's just, who does that? Who does? Who goes to a bookstore to say no? You you don't go to see what kind of people show up and what kind of people look at what sections of books. And I like to people watch. Do you know what kind of people show up? People who know how to read. That's <laughs> that's <laughs> about it. There are people. There are fat people. There are skinny people. Smart people. Dumb people. What are you talking about? You go and you bury yourself in a magazine that you're not going to purchase. I'd but you're doing it outside of perfect strangers, and, and there is no business model for that. That's okay. You people, I am in. This is the lunatics are running the asylum here. But book publishers still need to sell books, and people who buy books still need, you know, some way to be introduced to them. And I'm saying that that the technology will exist to the point where you'll be able to buy books anywhere and have them with you everywhere, and you will not need a bookstore to deliver. About the purchasing of books, I'm talking about the the social experience of browsing them. Publishers don't care about your social experience. They know, care about okay, your buying the book. We're not talking about this from a, a, from a business perspective. Promoting. We're talking about it from an emotional perspective, they, Peter. We're just sad. We're a little sad. Can you just let us be Let me sad? tell you, if there is one word that describes Jeez. you people, it is sad. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start this thing where you can like get a card and, and you can check a book out. <laughs> and then you can light it on fire with your friends. <laughs> Nice. I don't even go to the library anymore. Look out, Rock Creek Library. Peter's not voting on the levy this year. All right, let me tell you what the stupidest thing is. The stupidest implementation of this technology. Going to the library with your Android or your iPhone or your Android to rent a digital book from the library that you actually have to visit to get. Yeah, that is kind of silly. I mean, those are the kinds of things that are going to they'll be meted out over time when when, you know, IT people will wake up and realize that's really stupid and publishers will wake up and realize that's really stupid. And eventually, you know, like I said, our cultural memory will will outpace um, in in our ability to forget that that social experience. It will be replaced. I'm not saying that that, you know, it's not that there won't be something that people do socially, but I just don't think it's a bookstore. I'm well, excited for it because I'm I'm actually store. writing this down uh, because I've got a big fat I told you so call coming to you guys in ten or fifteen oh, years. Lord. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Well, make a note. In the meantime, I'm holding my breath for that. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I'll, yeah. I'll, I, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna open up a coffee shop that is a place to introduce you to books and magazines. And but I'm but the money's gonna be in selling you know coffee. But you get the social experience. You know, I could, I would, I absolutely could see that happening. 
That I could see. Well, I just you told not him you store. couldn't see that happening. No, it's said, not a bookstore. Right. It's not a bookstore. Okay. Well, but that's what I was just saying with, you know, why, why wouldn't, uh, you know, some of the biggest book publishers in the business create, uh, you know, a store in a big city like, say, New York or Seattle or something where it's not, again, it's not about stocking books on the shelf or, or offering, you know, a massive Borders experience, but it's about introducing you to new authors and, and new titles and, and having a social experience, you know, where you can browse in, in you know, in a way that, I don't know, is physical I, and not solitary I, and alone at a table at a cold and lonely Starbucks. I, I want that Starbucks experience to be just like I get at home with my coffee in my boxers. And I oh, want it. Yeah, I want it. That's the kind of Starbucks experience to be like yeah. that. I, uh, I, I think, you know, what? I'll open up a coffee shop where you can wear boxers. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Oh yeah, so, and I'm going to distribute free condoms, and I'll sell these too. <laughs> and then you'll sell you'll be a you'll be a medical marijuana dispensary too. It's all coming together. The genius of this show. I mean, you could millions if you listen to the show every week. Really, oh, rare books beautiful. and weed. I love it. And our show is now over because Dane just wrapped that. That's right. So- <laughs> Do we actually have anything else to talk about, people? This is ridiculous. Uh, we have like 15 other stories. Um, no, we do. Yeah, we do, right? We got no. something. Don't you people have something to talk about? We well, got to get off this. about the Twitter mentions. I was going to tell you. So I, you know, I'm, uh, my, uh, my wife is in, uh, is in uh, the wasteland on, on work this week. I was going to say, she's in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. And so I have nothing to do in the evening. So I was catching up on my Grey's Anatomy. Watch, I, I got to watch my soaps. And and uh, so I was watching Grey's Anatomy, and and the episode not this week or, or even last week or maybe even the week before, uh, it was an, a forty three minute commercial for Twitter, and I thought that was fascinating because I have not heard that kind of of in depth uh, mainstream description of Twitter or uh, utilization of Twitter on a on a you know mainstream television show, primetime television show um, before. I mean they. They really took it apart on this show. Every single segment had something about what was uh, about Twitter. They they had the old the grizzled old chief, the old man, uh, who was played by Dane, um, <laughs> the, the anachronistic old man who you know uh, puts who on his bowler and his spats. <laughs> right. Yeah, and uh, and uh, you know they had to educate him about what Twitter was, and all the young interns, uh, you know, the young progressive, forward-thinking, intelligent interns played by Pete, uh, were were tweeting like crazy. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, anyway, they were uh, they were all tweeting like crazy, and they had to take they took this forty three minutes to describe what Twitter is and to show it being used to actually tweet in in surgery and educate all of these residents and interns. So and did Twitter pay for this? That's what I can't find. It looks like yes, it was a it was a product placement, but I can't find how much. Yeah, I can't find uh, any of those details. But here's the interesting thing that struck yeah. me, and this is fodder for I think probably another long discussion. So we might have to put a pin in it but the uh, uh what struck me is the level of sort of or showing the utilization of the product in this case 
really works for product placement because even with 200 million active Twitter accounts uh, on the service right now, there is still this degree of opacity for for bringing in new people who don't quite understand what Twitter is. And this level of product placement really supports that initiative to show what Twitter is, how people are using it to communicate, and uh, and how they can use it to um, uh, you know to to learn. In this case, that was their big pitch. Um, it, it was different than say characters walking around with Starbucks cups, talking about how they can't get into work in the morning until they've had their first Starbucks. Um, what do you guys think? Where do you stand on on product placement right now? Because I'm usually fairly bearish on it. I think it's pretty silly, and uh, and in this case, it actually made sense to me. Why did it make sense to you? Just because it's a service that you like? No, uh, it made sense to me because it was it was using the the concept of product placement in a way to really describe and illustrate the use of the of the tool, um, you know, better than than I've seen in the past. Hmm. It was more realistic. Well, I certainly don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> the like, man, I haven't been an intern in surgery in uh, <laughs> many years, but uh, ever. Well, I, I'll tell you what I'm just really, really looking forward to is this new Morgan Spurlock documentary that got sold at Sundance, the greatest movie ever sold, which is a, oh, yeah. an hour and a half documentary about, um, you know, about product placement in movies. Oh, and I'm just hoping he's uncovered some details because, and I and I I bring this up because you said you know this seemed to be so obviously, you know, um, you know, not not a piece of charity by the writers probably, you know, I mean, right. deliberately done uh, and probably on behalf of Twitter for some you know monetary exchange, but you can't find any information on it. Nobody's talking about it. They haven't. Um, I mean, why why can't you? That that to me, there's something kind of weird about that. And I think in most cases, a company is happy to. I, I see. I don't even know. I mean, I'm, in most cases, maybe not very many. Maybe this is really common that it's sort of you weren't you, you maybe it was obvious maybe it wasn't maybe you weren't sure but no one's talking no one's saying anything the company isn't acknowledging that they did that nobody's you know there's no information about how much did that cost i, I don't know where to get all that information but this the whole notion of it i mean sometimes i hate it and sometimes i, I you know sometimes i am I, I like it or think wow that was really well done or that was really interesting or you know it's kind of fun that they did that and obviously they have to pay for this somehow right Right. It's right? just a matter I mean, of does it look like a, a sort of a desperate scream, um, yeah, to to come hat in hand to the viewer and uh, and say please, please look at my Samsung, uh, or, or or does it actually it can is it actually a tool that's easy? And I mean, maybe that is a gracious, a more gracious move by the writers to actually work it in at that level of of kind of intricacy uh, to make it part of the story where you think okay, I, it makes sense. But still, it wasn't charity. We don't no. think. No, I don't think they probably just woke up and said, "You know, it'd be great. Gosh, we should totally just write an hour show about Twitter. Twitter and put some doctors yeah. in it." Yeah, let's yeah, let's just talk about Twitter a lot, and let's yeah. let's you know, and unless they, this is the only this would be a real stretch. So, somehow they've got a Twitter campaign coming up, and they just want to make sure their viewers are on board with Twitter so that they can really get a lot of followers. And I, I mean, I. That just didn't happen. But well, you know, and it's worth checking out. I mean, the the uh, this was an interesting bit that uh, came out of Fresh Air this week. Uh, Biz Stone was a guest on on Fresh Air and and talked at length about uh, companies that were using Twitter 
during the Super Bowl. And here's the interesting bit that I pulled out of that. They, uh, Audi, actually did a promoted trend campaign mm. where on their Super Bowl commercial at the end of their Super Bowl commercial, they had a hashtag that they were promoting, you know, hashtag progress is. And that was it. And on Twitter, the idea was you go through and you hashtag progress is and then write a little thing about what progress is. And as a result, that commercial aired on the Super Bowl. Maybe it's in rotation, you know, some limited rotation afterward. But the Twitter activity around the hashtag progress is around that promoted tweet is ongoing for weeks after the air of that commercial. Um, wow. It's that sort of cross-media population that um, or propagation that uh, that Twitter has made sort of happen. So that's a paid media example. But the, the fact that, you know, when you look at Twitter and search for Grey's Anatomy, it's all over the place, uh, talking specifically about, you know, following these characters that were tweeting uh, following Dr. Bailey, uh, you know, Miranda Richardson's character, uh, you know, on Twitter, who was tweeting, uh, you know, for the show. It's a fascinating kind of um, thing, I think. Absolutely. Product placement is fascinating. And, and whether it's a train wreck that you're watching and it's uh, offending you or um, it's so slickly done that you didn't even notice it. It yeah. is fascinating. It is fascinating. All right. I uh, did. We have anything else we want to we want to bump up here uh, before we wrap it up? Come on, give me something. No, I think we're, I, right, no. I think we're good. I I really wanted to talk about it. Path. <laughs> I wanted to talk about it, but I think I had yeah, enough that, of a rant about show. about borders. <laughs> yeah, that one goes on about uh, probably about as passionately and and uh, and as as long and opinionated as the borders conversation. I'm pretty so. excited about that. I'm gonna just. I'm looking that forward to that because it's not timely news, anyways. The path. No, that's you right. You know, Google Let's... deal sort of was a few weeks ago. So it's just a conversation and we can do it next week. All right. Well, uh, then uh, where can people find uh, find you good people? Megan? You can find me on Twitter at Megan Strand or at my website and blog, encouraged.com, which is I-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D. Now, what's this? Do you do, Are you going to talk about any of your causes stuff? Companies nope. and causes or anything like that? Do you want it? <laughs> do, you, do you get to do that yet? Not yet. But I will. You got and your fancy new title. <laughs> I'm not talking about any of that. Nope. Oh, Megan. <laughs> All right, Dane. Where are you? Hanging you know, out in just, Utah uh, in your boxers at a bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> the last Utah bookstore. Uh, we have we have more than I'm making it sound like. So um, uh, it's not a wasteland, really, but it, but it is in the <laughs> desert. Um, I'm in about.me slash Dane Christensen. And I am uh, about.me slash Pete Wright is where you can find me. And uh, if you want to learn about this very show, you should head over to thenakedmarketers.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show in iTunes. It's the greatest way to ensure you don't miss a single week of Naked Marketing goodness. Uh, on behalf of Megan and Dane, I'm Pete. Thanks so much for joining us. And we'll catch you again next week on The Naked Marketers. 